Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth. So ultimately, secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me, and let's get into this next show. Hey everybody, Dominic Neshi here from Cribs, and today we are very lucky to have Andrew DeBono, my man. From Peak Wealth Management. Peak Wealth Management. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're going to finish it off or not. No, no, I'm glad that you did. <laughs> um, look, the reason why we're here with Andrew is he's a financial planner, he's licensed, and he's going to be helping us with understanding certain ways to approach property, finance, all bits and pieces. But one thing that you need to understand, this is not financial planning advice. This is general in nature. Yep. <laughs> and um, if you do need financial planning advice, feel free to talk to him or other financial planners. I don't know if they're going to be as good as him, but you can go out and talk to them. So before um, we get into it, mate, thanks for coming in today. Absolute pleasure, mate. It's um, yeah, lovely. Lovely to be here and um, yeah, really looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, so you've gone from strength to strength and look, I want to jump straight into it and ask you some of these tricky questions. Yep. I work with a lot of financial planners. Yep. Lots and lots of financial planners um, recommend cash. They recommend going and doing different types of things in your super. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, they recommend shares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, manage funds. Manage funds. SMA is a hot topic at the moment. Yeah, yep. but they will not recommend property. But they will go and buy property. They own lots of property. They make lots yep. of money from property, yep. Yep. but they won't go recommending it. Can you talk to me about why financial planners will not recommend property and why it's such a scary topic uh, for your um, industry? Yeah, good question. Very good question. Um, personally, I think like a lot of advisors, um, yeah, as you said, they do own property and they're big advocates of property. Um, I think what's happened is is the way the advice has evolved. Um, there's a lot more compliance risk around what you are recommending, um, and property is one of those difficult things um, that you know you can recommend. You can still recommend it, um, but then at the end of the day, um, because of those compliance risks, there's a lot of cost involved in doing that recommendation. Plus, there's a lot more risk, and that risk can be uh, magnified because it's a larger asset. All right, now, that's one reason. Um, look, personally, I think the second reason is advisors aren't going to be they don't want to recommend it because there's no money in it for them. Okay. All right. And that's just a, a clear and obvious one. They can't get a fee for the property uh, or for the property advice, uh, and they can't charge a management fee on that asset. So I think that is a reason why advisors aren't or staying clear from that. So just so I'm, I'm clear, so you can say, hey, you need property. Yep. You can say property is a good asset class. Yep. It, it's it's risky in these particular ways. It's yep. it's good in these other ways. It might be tax efficient. Yep. It might make sense because you're a first homeowner, whatever. Yep. But you can't recommend a specific property for one. 100%, yep. And then you're also disincentivized to go and make those recommendations because you can't take a fee. Can't take a fee. You can charge a fee for it. Um, but then it comes down to, you know, when a client comes to you and goes, oh, I want to invest in property. They don't go like, oh, I think we should invest in property. They go, where should I invest to purchase this first property? Uh, okay. So let me ask you this question then yeah. because we've done a little bit of work together. We've known each other for many, many years yep. and you, you yep. know I've been in property for a little while. Yep. Um, 
how would you go about recommending to clients um, finding out more about property? How can how can they feel confident um, that they've got the right property advocate or property consultant? How can they go about qualifying a good property person? Yeah, very good question. I think, uh, so the way I do it in my process, it's all about the strategy first and then worry about the product second, right? That's the way I've done you know, every bit of advice, whether it's superannuation, whether it's insurance, whatever it is, it's always strategy first, then product second. Okay, so once we've got to that point where we identify that a property is appropriate or is an appropriate investment for that person, whether it's the rent vesting, um, whether it's just a plain investment property or your own home, uh, once we recognise that is the the right like strategy to move forward, then it comes down to me um, referring them to the right property person, whether it's a buyer's agent or property advisor, um, where I think they're going to get along. So how do you go about thinking, you know, how, how is this property person... Um Better from another one because it's it, there's low barriers to entry. Property is notoriously scary because yep. anyone can go and get a license and all of a sudden you're a property yeah. uh, consultant, property guru, you've buyer's written agent. books, whatever, buyer's Advocate. agent. Yep. <laughs> um, and how do you go about qualifying whether this is a good property consultant yeah. versus a terrible one? Yeah, for me, it's um, it's it's a long-term process. It's not something I just jump, you know, jump into bed with someone and you know straight away start sending them referrals. It's, it's all about that trust and, and really getting to know how that advisor works or that property advisor works. Um, once I've sort of done my own personal due diligence and if I would be comfortable in speaking to that person to purchase the property through them or off them, then that's when I would um, allow my client to speak to them. Yeah, so if you wouldn't recommend your dad go and talk to them, you're not going to recommend a client. 100%. Yeah, it's practice what you preach, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, and you touched on something interesting there. Um, you said you like to work on strategy before you worry about the property. Yep. And some of the strategy that we've discussed in the past, and this is time old, yep. do I go and buy my own home? Do I go buy an investment? There's rent vesting. Um, there's no right way. One way can work better for different reasons over another, but can you just talk what, what your opinions are on rent vesting? Rent vesting. Well, I'm a rent vester myself, so I'm okay. um, yeah, very high of um, or I have a high opinion on doing that sort of strategy. And I think over the long term, the rent vesting gives you so much more flexibility in your life, and and I feel like it can sort of bring forward that retirement or, or that uh, maybe slow down in work or have more of a lifestyle focused you know um, life or world around you. Um, However, everyone is different and some people really like the security of having their own home. Mm. Um, that's one part of it. The other part of it is, is people just can't um, understand that you know, paying rent to someone isn't a bad thing. Like I look at my, my parents, first generation um, Australians, um, migrated from Europe and they've never paid rent in their life and they, I swear to God, will never pay rent ever in their life and they just don't believe renting is appropriate at all. My mum's the same. Yeah. See? And um, I, yeah, you know, when you do the numbers, it stacks up a lot better to do the rent vesting. Yeah, I blew, I blew Brendan's mind over here. We did the numbers yeah. here and he went, yeah. holy crap. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> better. <laughs> Why aren't I doing it? Yeah. Everyone should do this. Yeah. But let me, let me just give you a little bit of a sort of an analogy. So typically I do say, look, if you are looking to invest and you're all about trying to be wealth creation and you're trying to yeah. accumulate wealth in your life, rent vesting is a really good strategy because it does give you um, flexibility and, it, and you, it gives you the ability to kind of leverage the government tax incentives and leverage your time and energy to move a lot faster. But it may not be appropriate for you. My cousin the other day said to me, Dom, that sounds like a really good strategy. It sounds like I can move a lot faster, 
but I've got two kids and the idea of having to move my kids out of this rental property to the next one because I've been evicted, it just kills me. Yeah. breaks my heart, yeah. so I can't do it. Yep. So you're right. It comes down to strategy, what your personal circumstance yeah. is. If you really want to build wealth, there are better strategies, but if you're about more safety, security, and comfort. Yep. Yeah, and I think, I think when you view both those strategies, I, I kind of view them separately. If you look at, if someone comes to you and goes, I, I want to try and work my, you know, um, what is the best way for me to get into my own home as soon as possible? It's a very emotional, it's a very emotional decision, right? So they've made that decision based off their emotional preferences, not related to um, how much money they're going to make in the, the short term, medium term or long term. Mm. Okay, So you have to be really careful on, on, on having that discussion with that client. Yeah, that, that individual. But then when it's someone who comes to you and goes, oh, look, I really want to try and build my wealth so I can I get some flexibility and go travel the world. So, you know, for example, I've got a client who travels, the, you know, she goes around every, three months every year. So she's got a property, got a couple of investment properties, all paid off, um, and then she goes three months a year um, travelling somewhere different around the world all the time. I can't believe the world is so big. Mm. Um, and then comes back here, works a little contract role, uh, for but nine months, then goes back again. When you say paid off, you mean that the 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 income covers the debt, not that they're completely unencumbered. Oh, uh, there's one of them that is completely unencumbered, and then when you yeah marry it all together, plus she's got a little share portfolio. Yeah, she's yeah comfortable. She's got sensational. Yeah, and cash flow. Can you talk a little bit about? And we don't go deep here because I understand you're not a tax accountant. Yep. But you just want to comment on like the tax effective environment of property. Yeah, cool. Because um, this is one of the main benefits yeah. of. You know the difference between rent investing, buying your own home yeah. versus investment. Yeah. It's because it's, it's really tax effective. Yeah, there is the I guess the first one which um, I'll just yeah, tick that off the list is the negative gearing. Okay. Everyone, everyone loves talking about that. Um, it's not something I'm a massive believer of. No, um, you, you need the property needs to be growing significantly to outweigh the negative gearing. Yeah, exactly so let's right. just cover exactly that. Right. Unless you're gonna, unless you're in the development phase or you want to develop this property, then maybe negative gearing might be okay for you. But um, but yeah, just you know, losing money to get a little bit of the money you've lost back does not make sense to me at all. No. <laughs> so investing in property purely for tax incentives not a good nah, idea. Not at all. Not at all. A um, couple of other benefits is the expenses involved in that property or maintain that property can be tax deductible. Yep. Um. So you know things like your your property management, um, your strata if you're going down the you know, apartments or townhouse route. Um. Yeah. What else? What are the other? Oh, yeah, all the insurances. <laughs> yeah. Your debt, so yeah. your interest. All the interest, interest. on the debt. Yeah. That's a huge one. Um, if you're only going in with 10%, you've got your lender's mortgage insurance, which you can claim over a five-year period. Yep. Um, so that's the other part of it. It's a bit of a, an advantage. You're holding a great quality asset or, or a pretty expensive asset, and you're getting all those um, expenses are deductible to you. Um, the depreciation. And the other one, yeah, the depreciation, which is massive. All right, so it's... It is good, uh, especially if you're on a higher income and if you're buying something that's relatively new, you get a fair bit of depreciation every year that you can claim. Mm. Um, so there's two components. There's the, I always get confused between the numbers, so I'll just talk about the fixtures and fittings and then the building. Yeah. Fixtures and fittings can depreciate at different rates depending. So that's things like your your, your lights, your carpet, carpet. Yep, windows or yep. lines. Um, and then you've got the building. The building yep. depreciates over a 40-year period. Two and a half percent. You're going to talk about diminishing value or straight line depreciation. So one's accelerated yeah. versus one's more continuous. That's exactly right. The only thing to note on that is that when you do sell that property, you've got to add back that depreciation. People don't realise that. Well, there's a little trick. <laughs> so just don't sell your property. Yeah, don't sell it. There you go. That's the answer. 
Um, well, mate, we've covered on a whole bunch of topics. Awesome. Short and sharp. Yep. Um, hope to get you in again soon. Thank you very much for coming in today. Absolute pleasure. Is there anything that you wanted to leave on or just send out to the audience? No, just I think just a little disclaimer. I'm a licensed advisor. However, this all it's all general in nature. Perfect. <laughs> we'll chat to you all soon.